from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And welcome back, friends, to another episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce our guest. I am joined in studio by Cherish Dela Cruz, and she is the managing attorney for probate and estate planning at the Manili Law Firm. Welcome to the show, Cherish. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. And it has long awaited been <laughs> that we have you hosted. We were just talking before the show. We have so many wonderful powerhouse women within our collective network. And you were nominated by four different <laughs> women over a two-year period of time. So yes, folks, it's taken us two years to make this interview happen. But I'm sure there will be some nuggets to take away. So Cherish, for everyone out there listening, just first and foremost, share what you guys at the Manili Law Firm do? So we are a international um, family law firm. And so we are super excited. Um, we have a lot of, um, and, and, and I do um, the estate planning piece of that. Um, and we focus really on families, all types of families. Um, but our, our niche is the international piece. Um, and we are just excited to see it grow, um, but it's family law and estate planning. So just think from, you know, if you have legal needs or, you know, child custody issues, or if you're thinking about planning um, for your parents or for yourselves, or, you know, you just had a baby and you're thinking about the next generation. So we do all of that. And I myself, I'm familiar with your office in Forsyth County, as well as here in Gwinnett. And I think I saw you guys in Cobb County too, right? Yes, we actually have five offices. Five offices. Yeah. So and all here in the state of Georgia? It's all here in the state of Georgia. But like I said, we had our wonderful firm launch at the Four Seasons on Monday. So um, it, it was fantastic. But we are opening up an office in um, North Carolina. And then we will be opening up our office in London. London? Yes. We must go visit that yes. office. Uh, now, just is anybody British on your team? Like, what does the London connect? Um, well, really, it's um, because we deal with international family law. We um, needed a base um, in, over in Europe. And the, uh, the Manili's, um, you know, uh, Michael Manili, he is absolutely fantastic. He is our founding pa uh, partner. But he um, uh, has... Uh, ties to Germany. And um, so, you know, we thought um, strategically about, you know, where would be the best place to launch in that international family law practice? And London was it. Um, you know, of course, we want to go global because we do have um, very diverse clients. Mm -hmm. um, if you come to one of our offices, um, and I love this about my firm, um, there is a huge world map in each office, and it shows all of the clients' pins where all of the clients we have helped. Sir, so, wow. yeah. So, um, I remember when I was first interviewing with um, the firm, I was astounded about, you know, to see how many clients all over the world we have helped. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm Filipino, so of course I looked for the Philippines and Canada because I grew up in Toronto, and both places were there. So, 
<laughs> it, it, it was wonderful. So are you uh, bilingual, multilingual of any sort? You know, um, I can speak some Spanish. Mm-hmm. I know Tagalog. And then when I was growing up, we have um, a lot of dialects in the Philippines. So it's Bisaya. But my parents were very funny because they would speak to me in different, in all of the different um, languages. So it would be Tagalog, Bisaya, and then English and interweave yeah. all of that. Yeah. So um, my husband, who's Filipino, he, his family spoke Tagalog in the household. And I would say words. He's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I think we're both Filipino. <laughs> so it's kind of like Spanglish. Yeah, ex- all the different totally. Dialects. Yeah, it's Taglish. Taglish. Yes. So do tell me, because you mentioned that you spent some time in Canada. That's very interesting. So yeah. let's hop in our DeLorean and rewind just a bit. <laughs> tell me where you grew up. Tell me how you made it here to Georgia. Let's fill in some of those gaps for our listeners. Sure, sure. Um, So I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, and um, absolutely loved it. It was so diverse. Um, And, you know, just everyone, all of my friends were um, immigrants or children of immigrants. So we were all first generation immigrants. first generation in Canada. So we had, I had friends from um, Jamaica, England, India, China, Taiwan, every, you know, all over the world. And that was the great thing about growing up in Toronto, just the diversity um, of that. And then when I turned 18, um, I actually went to UGA for a year. Ooh, go, dogs. <laughs> go dogs. Um, and um, it was a little bit of a culture but shock. Wait, you, or did I just not hear how you made it from Canada, where you, you came from oh, well, Canada so to Georgia? My mo- yeah, so my mom was sick and tired of the cold winters in Toronto. They are horrible. I don't know if you're from here or um, up north. Um, but uh, so, you know, it was just getting really cold and awful. Um, and so my mom was, you know, she is a world traveler. She's been all over the world and she connected with some friends here in Georgia. And this was right before the 1996 Olympics. And so my mom saw an opportunity. She wanted to get out of the, um, Toronto cold winters and move down here. And you've been here ever since? Yes. um, uh, Well, no. So then I went to UGA for a year. um, And then, uh, you know, my high school sweetheart, now husband, Mm -hmm. it's crazy, we've known each other for 30 years, um, uh, was there. So then I finished up college, university up there in London, Ontario. And then I came back um, here after college, you know, worked for a little bit, and then moved down to South Florida. South yeah, Florida. yeah, and Iowa too, in between, because that's where I was in law school. And how did you meet your husband? In high school. In high school, okay. Yeah. So going through law school, I'm sure that was pretty taxing, mm-hmm. and you guys were still maintaining your relationship while well, you were we, studying. Well, we took a break. A break. So- okay. <laughs> well, you did have to put your education first. And what does he do? He does fire protection consulting. So he travels um, all over the United States, and he does... um, I'm sure you'll see it. They have all of the sprinkler systems and he works for like big box retail stores mm. and just advises them on, you know, things that they need to have and all the regulations and stuff like that. Very neat. Yeah. And do you guys have any children? Yes, uh-huh. we have three. Three. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what is the age range? Um, a 16 year old daughter, which is crazy to me. Um, and then a 13 year old and my son is um, 11. 
Oh gosh, so two teenagers, an yeah. all, one almost teenager. <laughs> so we always hear the thing cherish, and I hate the word balance because that yeah. implies that something you know is is at a loss, and one thing is greater. And you are also familiar with the scales mm-hmm. and law. So tell me how you're able to manage your successful career to have a high caliber position at this firm, in addition to being a wife, a community participant, and a mother of three. Um, I think it really, it, it, it goes back to, and I, I wouldn't say balance, right? So it's seasons and it's days and it's, um, you know, you know, you're either in a marathon. So I, I mean, I look at life as a marathon, right? So, you know, you're either training, you're practicing, um, certain periods of the year are definitely more busier than other periods. So, um, for estate planning and probate, this is a busy time of year. So everyone wants to get with their financial advisors. They want to do their planning. Um, but I think it's really just being very intentional about how I spend my time and who I spend my time with. Mm -hmm. I'm very much, um, aligned with and, and believe in energy. So I love to be around highly energetic people. Or if I feel like, you know, my teammates and my coworkers could use a boost, I try to raise that energy level. That morale. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go back if we may, because yeah. we're speaking to you while you are um, at the Manili firm, but you yourself had a practice not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. So Take I had my own practice a couple of years ago, and I was in practice for seven years prior to joining another law firm, and then um, I found my home with the Manili firm. Was your specific practice also geared towards probate and estate planning? Yes. Amazing. Um, so before that, and I'm sure you're familiar with it because it's around here, um, I've lived in Gwinnett on and off for the last 30 years. And um, so I was in-house doing securities law. And what prompted me to go into estate planning was my favorite aunt, second mother. She um, was diagnosed with a rare form of appendix cancer. And I was helping her through that process. And I was a securities lawyer, so I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And because she had a poorly written plan written by a general practitioner, and caused a lot of conflict in our mm-hmm. family. And so um, it also, her death um, and that whole experience um, was enlightening to me. And I was just like, okay, you know, corporate law is not a good fit for me now. Mm-hmm. I had three young children and I said, okay, well, I wanted to start my own practice. And that's how I got into that. What a wonderful way to kind of launch something because it came out of a personal need and desire. I'm sure helping others kind of navigate that that dicey process was rewarding for you because you experienced it yourself. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I really think it's, I think in life you can look at, you know, work and what you do and why you get up every morning and, and think about, you know, the purpose, right? I mean, you could live your life with energy um, and live purposefully, but, you know, have a reason behind it. And for me, that was all prompted by, unfortunately, my aunt's passing, but now I get to do what I love to do, which is help people. And do it authentically. Yes. Oh, definitely. I love that. So tell me, in in those seasons that you mm-hmm. mentioned, what are some things that you kind of do to, you know, kind of pull yourself out of 
Maybe I will just call it, you know, a, a haze, a fog or something like that. You know, we all get bogged down mentally. Yeah. Um, I think really it's, it's, it's a couple of things that I've known that I do that are helpful to me. So first of all, I um, journal every day. I love this, and this is not an advertisement for the High Performance Planner or Brendan Bouchard, but I, uh, uh, growth day. So I'm very much into personal development. Um, and I wasn't always that way. So when I was doing corporate work, but um, I, I didn't believe in stuff like that. I thought that was actually kind of stupid. Um, and then it changed when you have that mortality experience where you realize that you're only given, you know, a short time in life and the way you can choose actively how you spend it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I journal every day. I use this high performance planner. There's this growth day app, um, that I listen to with my husband. Uh, we get up at like five o'clock in the morning and, um, and usually I'm texting with Margaret around that time. The bless her heart. Yes. Um, shout out to Margaret. Yeah, shout out to Margaret. <laughs> um, but uh, just really, you know, being very purposeful with how I spend my time. And so I use that journal. Um, I try to get up every morning. Um, now I'm trying to incorporate, you know, uh, this will be seasons. So now I'm trying to get back to be healthier and eat healthier things. Um, and then really just be very intentional about how I spend my day. So, you know, leaving work where work is mm -hmm. and then being intentional and trying to be present with the people who I am, you know, trying to be with. Mm -hmm. So if it's my family, I'll try to be present with the family. No phones at dinner. Um, you know, when we're driving in the car, which uh, completely drives my teenagers nuts, um, I, I, I ask them to turn off their phones or give it to me because this is like quality talk. time. Yeah. Yes. Might as well make the most of it because you're all seated in the car. Yeah, so exactly. You might as well I, I have them captive. Yeah, literally strapped in. Okay, <laughs> they can go nowhere. So talking about connectivity and family and community, and we all know that that's a very important component, not only for a successful business, but a successful home life. So talk about what you guys like to do within the community to stay connected, either with your firm or personally with your family. Um, I think with the family, it's just you know, doing volunteer work, um, and having my kids, um, they hate this because they're teenagers and, but I can see nuggets in them of, but like, you know, just doing personal development, listening to the podcast, mm -hmm. trying to do those things. And then really, you know, we, you know, doing the volunteer. So, um, you know, we have a, a Christmas angel tree. Uh, sometimes we'll volunteer on like Beefried Highway to hand mm -hmm. out food. Um, and, and just doing things with the community that way, um, servicing our church, yeah. um, and really just trying to be kind. Um, I think that in this present day, it's really challenging for children to be kind. kind yes. Yeah. And to teach that value of being kind to others. To others, to everyone. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting you say that because I follow this young lady on TikTok and she is the Jordan Summer Shirt Project. Okay. And she is an autistic young lady who her and her mother started an apparel company. And the tagline is be kind to everyone. Mm -hmm. I had the unique pleasure of being principal for a day not too long oh, ago. Oh, I know. 
I did yes, leadership go down. So, so I absolutely fun. love it. Yeah. And it was kindness week and it was in a middle school and you have middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. It, it had been well over 25 years since I'd stepped foot in a middle school. Yeah. But just seeing how they kind of are weaving that into, you know, a spirit week or something like that was really, really heartwarming to see that they, you know, want to make that a priority. So I'm thankful that you instill that in your children as well. Cherish, we're going to um, go to a quick sponsor break here and you're going to hear some familiar voices. But when we return, I want to go back to leadership and uh, leaders that have been impactful to you. Okay. NEMA is a full service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada, and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing, or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back. Amanda Pierce Marmalejo here on Celebrating Powerhouse Women, joined by Cherish De La Cruz of the Manili Law Firm. And before we went to break, we were kind of talking about personal, um, personal things, but I'd like to return to leadership because I am really inspired by the amount of time that you devote, not only to personal, but professional development. So Cherish, who is a leader that you admire and why? Um, I, I think... There have been a lot of people who have been influential in my life, um, and some of them are very different from me. So some of them are women, and some of them, like take for example, um, Stan Hall. He is a wonderful father fi- figure and leader to me. Um, I have known him, um, and, and Stan is chief operating officer over the, the right I here. Guess. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and I had just called him and I was like, oh, are you around? Um, but you know, so he and I had met, um, years ago, right after I had graduated and I was trying, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and we met at the district attorney's office and we have maintained, um, and been in touch for, I don't even know, like 25 years. years yeah. And, to see, you know, him go from victim witness, um, you know, program director to, to over here. And he has always just been a genuinely authentic person, somebody that if I can call on the phone, he's there. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, professionally, I, I look at all of, um, and I've been grateful, you know, in terms of people to surround myself with wonderful, positive leaders. And so I have this wonderful group. It's called the Women's Introduction Group. And I had met um, these uh, nine wonderful ladies um, there. Actually, I think... Jill? Well, anyways, um, uh, so they're just 
10 leaders in the metro Atlanta community, and we're all women. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all, you know, have families, children, and we just support each other. So if someone's going through a hard time, um, we just... You know, you know, we're all, went on this group text during mm-hmm. COVID. We were there for each other. If someone's family member or we are uh, for some, uh, pay, um, personally, you know, having you know an illness mm-hmm. or you know taking care of an aging parent or someone's parent passed, you know, passes away, we're all there for each other. You know, you've said something to me that is it's been on my mind for a while now. I hope my mom and dad aren't listening. But just thinking about my parents, aging parents, and me being the oldest child, and they're both married, but nonetheless, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that I'm thinking about more and more as 40 is knocking on my door. Yeah. So I might like to have a sidebar conversation. (laughs) And I'm always willing to have those conversations. (laughs) But planning um, is so important. So taking the theme of planning and applying it to life personally or professionally, Mm -hmm. what is one thing that you do to set yourself up for success that could be considered planning? Um, well, just planning my week. Um, and then also planning my goals with my family. So we, <laughs> because I am an estate planner, I love to plan. So my house is filled with whiteboards, calendars, calendars are my favorite, and calendar journals. And so, and I love setting goals. So we as a family, every year we do a vision board on New Year's Day. And we take all of our favorite magazines from Vogue to Golf to whatever, and we just pick a word for the year. And our whole family focuses on, you know, and, and we get to cut it out. We, you know, have music in the background. My, you know, my kids fight me as they're teenagers <laughs> in doing this, yes. but they love it. Yeah. And then you look back and, you know, you, you see all that you've accomplished. And so if you look in my home office, it's filled with, I would say, seven vision boards at different times in my life. And I'll pick a word. So this past year, my word was resilience. Um, And I've had some challenging times this year, but I really came out resilient. Mm -hmm. And next year, my word is going to be peace. So do you each pick your own words or Mm -hmm. is it one for the whole family? No, we pick our own, um, we pick our own word. And so my, my daughter, um, the other time, um, was, I think it was like try Mm -hmm. or, you know, so something like with something that they want to work on internally, um, for the year. Mm -hmm. So because you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what does peace mean to you, Cherish? It's something that you want to focus on in 2024. So in achieving that, what does that look like? What are you looking to grow or achieve? Um, I think peace in terms of doing the things that um, I want to do that make me happy. So gardening, being with my family, cooking, that gives me peace. Mm-hmm. And then also peace that I can bring to my clients. And so estate planning is, you know, I love speaking to my clients because, you know, sometimes they'll come to me and they'll be so distraught or they'll be so worried about their aging parent or they'll be so worried because they have cancer or so worried that they want to make sure that their kids are taken care of. And when I speak to them, I'm just speaking to them the way that I'm speaking to you, very Mm -hmm. naturally and just candid, you know, give them the legal options, but really just giving them peace of mind. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, if you'll indulge me yeah. in continuing this yeah. word association game, <laughs> what does tenacity mean to you? Tenacity means, um, and it's so funny because I have a really dear friend, Tara Winslow, um, and she's called Tenacious Tara. Um, so I'm going to have her listen to this podcast. Um, but it's really just always constantly trying. You know, when you have that crappy day, um, when it's hard, and always just, you know, striving and focusing on that end result. And even though it might be difficult or even though it may be challenging, looking at all of the options. And and that's what tenacious means to me. So tenacious Tara, mm-hmm. we're really missing out here by not calling her tenacious T. Okay? I, mean, <laughs> I will I know, call her that. Some <laughs> people out there listening at least know of tenacious D. <laughs> I'm going to call Tara tenacious T. Um, so continuing with that, what does grace mean to you, Cherish? Grace means extending kindness to others and to yourself when you don't necessarily want to. Mm. So, um, you know, if you have a grumpy coworker or if you're on 400 or 985 and you're... <laughs> And you are in traffic, you know, give them grace or the, you know, grumpy, um, you know, uh, customer service agent at, you know, a a particular company and you're trying to get something done. and They're not treating you right. Right, Um, We don't know what their backstory is and we don't know if, you know, their mother just got diagnosed with cancer and she just found out, but she still has to work because she has to pay the bills. Yeah. So um, I think grace is something that you have to work at, and that, but it's something that you can extend to yourself, too. Mm-hmm. I think that women are very, it's hard, it's, it's easy for us to say, hey, Amanda, you know, give yourself some grace, and you're, you're, you're doing it all, you're going through all of this. But for us, and then, you know, extending a grace to ourselves, it's very challenging, mm-hmm. because... You know, what I say is good for you isn't necessarily what I believe that I can do. Right. Is that the same thing kind of like is what's good for the goose is not for the gander? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My dad um, unfortunately has dementia now, but he used to say (laughs) to me... um, What's good for me isn't necessarily good for you. So, <laughs> so it's usually a bad habit that he is doing, um, but that he doesn't want me to um, replicate. Yeah, yeah, replicate. So he's he's funny. He's a funny man. What is one of your favorite memories with your father? Um, he's still alive. I know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe from your youth. Or- um, so he we used to have. Um, he was our primary caregiver, which is unlike a lot of families. You know, growing up in the age, you know, I was born in the seventies, um, and so he would be our primary caregiver. My mom worked two jobs. Um, we were immigrants, so she had a nighttime job, and then she also had a day job, and then she also owned a side business. Um, so he would come home. He was a me- he was a mechanic, and he would come home, and he would open the door, and he would whistle. So he would know. He would tell us essentially, "Hey, I'm home." Mm-hmm. Um, and the favorite, you know. So we would love that. And I could never whistle. Right. So. <laughs> Right, right. But then he'd be like, I, you know, I'm home. And that, that, that was a, a good and fun memory of him. Mm-hmm. I was, I was excited when my parents got home too, mm-hmm. you know, 
It's that's a fond memory. Looking back at the year 2024, I can't mm-hmm. believe that we're right. already in 2024. Excuse me, ending 2023. Mm-hmm. What is a takeaway that you can share with our listeners? Something that you learned, something that you want to share that was outstanding, an obstacle that you overcame? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know, and and I want to share this with listeners because I know a lot of women who are powerful women who put their health needs at the very back end of the priority. So just to share with your listeners, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. It was stage three in March. And I kept on, you know, I felt off for about a year. And I was just like, oh, you know, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I knew I felt funky. And then the energy that I was emitting was not my typical high energy. Mm. And, um, wow, I just got emotional. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, this is the first time I'm kind of really speaking about it. But um, that you can do anything. You know what I mean? And that if you are surrounded, like, I am so blessed to be around, surrounded by, like, my wigs, my Thrive Tribe, like, just all of these wonderful women and family members and network and colleagues that have become dear friends that supported me through that whole mm-hmm. entire health journey. Um, so I am a cancer survivor. Yes. So, um, um, but yeah, that you can do it. And that sometimes you need to change your perspective. And so just like with my aunt in terms of the mortality motivation to do something different, this year was, and, and I think that's why I chose peace for next year, is that it was, you know, I want peace. I want a peace of mind. I, w- I want to be able to enjoy everything. So, but that you can do it. And that, you know, cancer isn't really, it is a condition that you will have to live with. But to me also, cancer was a gift in a weird, funky way because it allowed me to appreciate moments. Mm. Like I remember after the surgery, I couldn't walk. And, I, <laughs> my, and, and my mother-in-law came to take care of me. Um, and so, and my aunt came to, uh, to take care of me. And it was just setting incremental goals. Get out of the chair. Yeah. Um, walking every day. Um, going to the mailbox, mm-hmm. walking one house further. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I'm walking like an walk old yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the little things where you don't realize until they're gone mm-hmm. um, what's necessary. And so really just a blessed to have my health. So it sounds like, and praise Jesus for your Yes, for your yes, yes, yes. It sounds like you kind of had to start over mm-hmm. essentially, not only mm-hmm. mentally, but physically and talking about resilience for your word of the year. Mm-hmm. You're, you're truly a depiction of that. Yes. Yes. And my friend joy, she was so funny. She's like, you gotta pick a new word. Like she's like next year, you gotta pick happy or joy or something. <laughs> that's <laughs> What about, Oh, I was going to yeah. ask you this if I may, yeah. because your name is so beautiful and unique. I've never met anybody named cherish. Oh, and so tell me, is there a story behind that do you know how your parents picked it (laughs) my parents um I I think uh my parents picked it because it was on their invitation and it said on their front of their invitation about something about cherishing the rest of their lives together um and so that's where that came from and then there's this like really popular song called cherish the love 
And so are you the oldest yes. child? Okay. Of how many? Of two. Two. Okay. Yeah. So you were the first child. So essentially, of course, you know, marriage sealed yeah. their their relationship, but you really, you know, solidified <laughs> it. So they cherished their marriage through you, their firstborn. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. We're actually going on a cruise. They are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's exciting. I look forward to, well, I don't want to age. Yeah, no, 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 no. forward no. 50 years, but <laughs> I look too. forward to celebrating yeah. that successful <laughs> mile marker. Cherish, I have enjoyed you sharing your time with me today, and I am so fortunate that we got a chance to be here together. I'd like to give you a chance to share anything, uh, any parting words with our audience that you might like to leave with them. Um, just, I mean, I, I think who you surround yourself with, and I'm so, so blessed, um, you know, is really important. Like I tell my children, you know, and, and there's that saying, you know, you are the sum of the five people that you surround yourself that. with. And that you can always change. So, you know, I used to be a public defender, did securities law, now I'm doing estate planning. And you can always evolve. You can always evolve and change. I like it. Thank you for sharing that with us and our audience. You said you're a podcast listener. Where do you listen to your podcasts? iTunes, um, whatever's on Apple. Yeah, like, that's iTunes. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to make sure that you're subscribed to Celebrating oh, yes. Powerhouse yeah, Women. Definitely. For all of you listening out there, if you find value in this series, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review. We love interacting with our audience. Um, you know, you can catch our show live every Friday at 1130 a.m. on businessradiox.com. And again, 24-7, wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Oh, great. Big, I'm, I'm excited. Thank you for joining us today. Um, our guest was Cherish De La Cruz. And big shout out to the Manili Law Firm yeah. out there. We've got a few shout outs you yeah. want to give. We'll say to Margaret, who oversees the marketing yes. team, Mr. Michael Manili himself. Yeah, to David, to Sheila. <laughs> Um, to Courtney, who was on of course, the course, yeah, and Forsyth, yes, yeah, and, and just to everybody, um, it is a wonderful firm to work for. So, just a shout out to everybody, um, and my wonderful paralegals, Kim and Donna. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and you guys, we will catch you next week. I'm your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo. Big thanks to our producer, Dan, and Mike in the back. And until next time, we'll catch you on Business Radio X. <laughs>